the reason why I am so interested in this is this part of our business um, is being transformed. And that was really let, let up by you guys. Apps were a competitive advantage. Now that's standard. Everyone has to have it. Everyone has to use it, right? Um, that's how we view this portion of our business. Hey guys, what is going on? My name is Yen and welcome back to Self Storage Income. Today we have a special guest here on the podcast. Hayden is coming straight from Janus International. But before we get started, I just want to let you know, one of our other sponsors, Live Oak Bank, is putting on a special webinar here in a couple of weeks. You guys will want to mark your calendars, like go to your calendars right now, write this down. On November 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Live Oak Bank is hosting a webinar with Copper Storage Management. They're going to be getting together and talking about financing, remote third-party management, and more. So if you're in the self-storage game or you're trying to learn, trying to get into it, so mark your calendars. The link will be in the show notes below. But anyways, without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Hey everybody, AJ here. I just wanted to tell you exciting news. We are rolling out our self-storage income community. So many people asked if we had anything to participate, any groups to do that weren't the high level inner circle. And until now, we haven't. We are rolling it out. It's already open. We already have members. You can follow the link below, click to join, join in the Facebook group. You get everything from our modelers. You get the community education. We have videos, everything from underwriting and more. This is meant to allow people to work together, to share information, to do deals together so we can all succeed. Join now, sign up and let your progress and future in self storage begin today. See you there. Welcome everybody to the Self Storage Income Podcast. And uh, I am really excited about today's guest because it's a topic that so many people want to know about. They're asking about this all the time and we have a lot of discussions surrounding this. Um, and I have with me today, Hayden, who's the East Regional Manager, uh, Technology Manager uh, for No Keys Entry System at Janus. So we're talking about the uh, technology in the space, right? The uh, touchless automation, all of that kind of stuff. What's happening, what's going on, what we should look out for. And especially in this time, as we're in different economic situations that are changing, um, how are our customers going to react and what are the needs and wants so we can all be ahead of the market, getting in front of it and uh, applying those things to our customers. Um, with that, we're just going to jump right in. Hayden, how's it going, man? It's going great. Can't complain. Well, thank you for coming on uh, and talking with me today. I've got, you know, a lot of questions and I think there's a lot of things that me and you can really hit on in this podcast that we'll be able to talk about. Uh, and especially with a lot of the changes going on and how customers are perceiving these these changes in relationship to the cost which is the, the, the big question, right? Uh, before we jump into that though, how did you get into the, the space of uh, self-storage technology? It doesn't seem like that's just a natural <laughs> thing to jump into. No, no, it's not exactly something that they offer at colleges, right? Um, but no, um, I actually came from a freight and logistics background um, originally. You know, that's what I did right out of college. Um, that's what I did for, you know, the first many years um, of my career. 
eventually kind of got out of that rat race. The logistics industry is a great industry to learn how to work hard, but you know, I was ready to make a change and Janus just, you know, happened to know someone. I think if you talk to a lot of people from Janus International, they'll tell you the same. Someone knew someone who knew someone who got you an interview. I hit it off with a lot of the team over there. And long story short, I've been here for, man, it's a year and a half now. I mean, it doesn't seem that way, but yeah, last, last May was when I started. So it's been about a year and a half and I've been loving every bit of it. That's awesome. And, um, you know, Nokia has gone through how many revisions? You know, I, I want to like say, product. I mean, we're close to our fourth or fifth kind of product cycle at this point. Um, you know, and you were definitely on the, the front lines of it there in the beginning. So you've seen it, you know, all the way through the inception to kind of where we are today. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's completely different than where we started. The core of the technology, as I'm, you know, you're familiar with, but for the audience, you know, it's been around for a long time. Uh, but when Janus made the investment in Noki to kind of bring that smart technology into their product offering, uh, they wanted to create a more self-storage focused um, product using that core Bluetooth technology. But Noki itself has been around for a long time, but Noki Smart Entry has been, you know, around for about five or so years. And yeah, absolutely. It's gone through multiple different product cycles since then. And, um, uh, you know, Noki really started with just the lock. It was that lock, like that padlock uh, type uh, technology. And um, now you're located where? So I'm out of Birmingham, Alabama. So okay. sweet home. All right. And now uh, how many storage facilities has adapted um, Janus's, I don't know if you have the exact numbers, but uh, no key system for smart entry. Yeah, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's in the hundreds of thousands at this point. And geographically, it's, you know, in every state in North America, it's in Canada, it's in South America, it's in Europe, it's in Asia, it's in Australia. So it truly is international at this point. Um, smart technologies and facilities all across the world. And now, the, you know, you guys offer the smart lock technology. Uh, are there other companies that are offering smart lock technology currently? Um, when you guys started, you were kind of the only other, the only game in town. Is this been something that other people have now tried to jump into as well? Are there it, it, like this market? How's it, how's it being viewed from your end of the market? This this right. market of smart technology. Right. Yeah, I would say I would say for the most part, it's still mostly a blue ocean. Um, people are uh, beginning to look very seriously into it, investing in that. I know a lot of the bigger providers out there are definitely looking at creating a on-the-door smart solution. Um, obviously, they're all the names that most people would be familiar with, right? Who you know have been in the access control side for a long time. But to me, that's kind of a secondary. Um, industry, right? I mean, they're related, but not quite the same. Access control and smart technology are slightly different. I think you are going to see, you know, as the years go on, that more people are going to adopt, you know, an on-the-door smart solution. But for the moment, I mean, there are some similar products out there. There's some in Europe. I actually saw at Fidesa a few weeks ago, but not at a scale, you know, currently, I would say. Uh, but I, I do suspect that's going to change very quickly. Now, um, one of the things that, you know, we, we see this in 
the reason why I am so interested in this is this part of our business um, is being transformed. And that was really let, let up by you guys. So, um, you know, when when Noki uh, originally hit the markets, uh, which uh, Travis, me, some others, right, we, which was generation zero. I don't even think the, the, the generation we have is, isn't even generation one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Pre-beta. Um, when we all got in and got started in, with this, with, uh, you guys, it was cause of this belief strongly that this is where the market is headed overall. Not, not like this is a competitive advantage. And I, and I want to talk about this. We believe that it's not like, we believe that it was a competitive advantage for us and it still is. But we believed that it's not going to be a competitive advantage in 10 years. It is just going to be part of it, right? So, like, you know, apps were a competitive advantage. Now that's standard. Everyone has to have it. Everyone has to use it, right? Um, that's how we view this portion of our business. And um, we believe that So when we started out with you guys, understanding you know, when when we started, we had uh, so many problems, right? Because it was brand new. And we were like, it, it was, you know, we were trying to f figure it out. I mean, it was like literally Christine was flying down our site with me and we were working and she was awesome. I literally called her up. I'm like, we got problems. She jumped right in and she literally showed up the next day. Um, and it, we understood what we were doing, right? We understood it, 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 it was beta, but we were willing to pay and go through the struggles with it because we're such strong believers in that with you guys, right? And when we, we believed in this vision. Um, I don't think that right now that it's been mass adapted into the market. What are you seeing and what are you feeling as the market's perception of this technology and how that's changed? Honestly, in just the relatively short time I've been in the industry, I've really have seen it go from people considering it somewhat of a novelty, like, oh yeah, like I have a new construction project coming up, like sure, we'll try smart technology on here. To now the, the conversations are getting a lot more serious as to like, how can I completely revamp my operational structure uh, using smart technology, right? And there's a lot of factors I, I think are causing that, you know, things in the labor market, looking at other industries and how they've adapted. And the conversation that I have a lot with you know, big portfolio owners, even some of the REITs, right, is, you know, you see other industries, you see hospitality, you see airlines and how they've gone to a self-service technology forward model. And you got to wonder, you know, what's so special about self-storage that we don't think it's going to happen here eventually, right? And just in a year, I mean, I remember having a conversation with some of the guys from Collier's, you know, who... You know, I asked them, hey, how do you how would you value smart technology at your facility? And they honestly like didn't really have much of a much of an answer on that. But I can tell you in just the last few months that that conversation has absolutely changed where it is very much a needle mover, you know, on how people look at facilities, whether or not they're integrated with smart technology or not. I uh, tell the story quite often that I was doing some research on our system that we'd installed, I wanted to understand what the effect of it was. And I, you know, it, it can be really hard to, I think, really understand that. But 
I looked at, I think, in a way that most people didn't, which helped me. Not so much like, oh, well, how much money am I going to make for it, right? Sure. Instead of looking at it that way, because I, that can be a kind of a tough way to look at it. And I thought there's inherently, I think it's it's that way. Meaning we, we have a facility we charge more for, we did an expansion on. So we have half that doesn't and half that does. And the half that does, we charge higher for it. Um, but what I was looking at was the customers. So being one of the you know, first ever even put out, it was like, how are, what is the market going to do with this? And I found at the time that we were filling up uh, the facility and it was something like 20% of our tenants at that time, given where we were going up, they entered in our system in another place, so another state, okay? And they did the full online completion and showed up at our facility uh, with a rented unit before they entered the state. And wow. why I thought that was important was because I looked at it as in that was like a market share that I was a monopoly on. They, they did in our market, they had no other person that they could do that with. It didn't exist. So for me, I thought, all right, well, regardless of price or whatnot, I essentially increased my storage facilities demand by 20%. Sure. And so I think there's lots of different ways that we can look at this. There's lots of different ways that this is, this is going. And um, a lot of facility owners right now, what they want to know, is it worth the cost? That's the driving question, right? And I know I can look at it from certain ways, which one of it doesn't really involve cost at all, or, or excuse me, return on the cost. It, it involves my ability to compete in a world where other people have it. Am I going to be at a lower? And, and that's one of my main driving ways. But to start this off right out the gate here, that's really one of the biggest questions people have. What what do you say about smart entry systems cost associated with return or value that they get? I'm sure that's something you hear a lot. No, absolutely. And I mean, just to take your example of, you know, 20% of your customer base preferred that method without even knowing what smart technology and self-storage exactly. is, right? Yes. So, I mean, before anyone knows anything about it, right? You have 20% who prefer it that way. I mean, just in the year since, I mean, do you think that number has grown? I mean, I would, I would say yeah, probably. I, yeah, I'd say, yeah, definitely. It's, it's harder to get a, a, a read on it over the last couple of years. Cause I mean, this was, I mean, what was this four years ago? Five years ago, like it was something like that that we did that that first one and the uh, how how it was set up because it was new and we could fill it up right. I could I could measure it and I think a lot of people have a lot harder times doing that to measuring the value of it. But I mean, I think that the marketplaces, even ones that we're in, that people would consider more rural, um, the uh, the demand is there and has gotten higher. Right. And I mean, you know, I, I think it's what Henry Ford said, um, you know, if I gave the people what they want, I would have given them a faster horse. You know, I think most people don't really know what they want until you show it to them. And then at that point, they can't imagine going back to a world before, right? I mean, I use this example a lot, but allegedly, you know, I'm thinking this is a little before my time, there was a guy in a bow tie who used to pump your gas for you, right? Now that's entirely self-service and technology forward and people 
you know, it's silly to even think about us going back to that model. And I think, you know, the 20% at your facility who actively chose that method of interacting with your business, right, without even knowing that that was, you know, even a standard within the, in the industry, that's just going to increase, especially as people like me, you know, people in my age group who expect to do everything on their phones, expect to be able to do everything online, right? That's going to be a larger and larger customer base that some facilities are going to be equipped to tap and others, you know, who are not integrated are possibly going to miss out on. Do you see a difference in pricing? We do. And, and it does kind of depend on operator to operator, market by market. We have a lot of different folks who have integrated with smart facility package, um, you know, the the increase in um, ROI differently, right? So we have some people who just straight up charge premiums on the uh, on the units, right? Just bake it into the rents. Uh, we have some people who charge extra line item fees, similar to how you would do insurance or um, anything like that, right? Five, $10 per door per month. That's something we've absolutely seen in some markets. Um, and we haven't gotten into this yet, and I'd love to get into this part, but even just the data side, right? The visibility to be able to see who your most active tenants are and adjust their rates accordingly. Because if you have a tenant who's operating like a commercial tenant who, you know, is there every day, you know, is using a ton of digital key shares, right? That tenant is getting a ton of value out of your facility. And you can take that into the equation when you're adjusting rates at a tenant specific level. So, you know, there really is a ton of different methods. I, I wouldn't say there's a one size fits all, but it opens up a lot more possibilities for managers, for owners to maximize the revenue within their site. How are the software systems that integrate with the technology? How's that going? Like, I mean, you're because like, it's just so everybody knows. Yeah. So just so everybody knows um, the, the big thing. And I think one of the reasons why we were such big believers in this so early on is we were waiting for the time when the hardware and the software would integrate, right? So you are the, you you, you were at the time and are at, right now for us, the uh, solution to that problem. The sure. lack of integration, which when we're dealing with, for us, automation, right? Um, we don't want patchwork automation. We don't want four different technologies and oh, I gotta send you an email and here's a lock, here's a key, right? We don't want that. I want a seamlessly integrated op, uh, automation system. And so we viewed that that was not uh, really doable or, or, or possible without integrating the hardware with the software. So the backend software portion, right? How has that been going? How has that, that interlocking uh, working? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the difference between just access control that everyone is familiar with and actual smart technology, right? It's not smart if everything isn't talking to each other. So, yes. you know, in terms of, you know, PMS integration, right, with all the major players out there, absolutely. I think it's 40 something plus uh, software platforms that we're integrated with at this point on the, on the property management so, uh, side. Um, and know, I'm, I'm assuming it's all the major ones. All the major ones, right? So your your site links, your storable suite of products, storage commander, really, you know, if they're a name that people know, I could probably tell you with 100% certainty that we're probably integrated with them. It's going to be a very seamless process on that front. 
And that's really how the magic works, right? You know, being able to push data, you know, from your property management software to our system, right? So new tenants, overlocking, right? Automating that whole process, that all happens through that communication between your property management software and smart technology. You know, I'm speaking from Noki, but in general, right, this would be the idea of, you know, how you want your devices on your side interacting with your cloud-based systems, your property management software. Now, as these companies have been integrating with you, it's one thing just to patch things in, but where where do you see this all going? I mean, it's the adaptation and stuff is, uh, I think, we, before that, what what is the adoption of existing versus new builds? Is there a difference in adoption rate of the technology? So in terms of... Like, so if I'm buying a new facility in yes. terms of putting in the smart technology on a new facility versus putting it in to the uh, existing facility. So one that I'm building versus one that I own. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's an easier, it's an easier sell for new, um, new sites, you know, new class A facilities coming in um, because there's a lot of advantages with just being able to um, deploy the smart technology, you know, on the front end of when you're opening a new site, right? You're not having to worry about educating, you know, a, a customer, an existing customer base, right? Um, you know, just speaking to Janice, right? We can take advantage of, you know, factory installing the latches on the door, for example, right? Which is a very efficient way of doing it also. Um, so yeah, you know, from a, from a standpoint of acceptance, yeah, we definitely see a lot of the, the bigger integrated sites being new construction, but I will say some more forward thinking operators, right? Folks like yourself, folks like others on the East Coast, right? Are beginning to retrofit aggressively, you know, and that level of adoption is honestly driving Janus and Nokia in particular in making it even more efficient and easy to retrofit, educate an existing um, an existing tenant population to uh, use the smart technology. Because again, you know, there, there's these questions of whether or not my people, you know, my my existing tenants are going to accept it. But again, I think it's a matter of once you show it to them, they can't imagine a world without it, right? And yeah, you know, from a market standpoint, um, I think Janus itself conducted a study across a wide swath of sites, right? Both uh, fully Nokia integrated, both some like yours where it's half, there's a, there's a some, some segment of the, of the units that are integrated with Nokia, some aren't, and then just traditionally managed sites. And I think we return 90 plus percent in terms of what the tenants would prefer, you know, utilizing smart technology, utilizing their phone, um, they would prefer that option, you know, rather than having to worry about physical keys, actual padlocks, right? We've been talking a lot about tech in this episode. So if you haven't already, I would highly recommend checking out Tenant Inc. They provide a comprehensive suite of management software. So if you're in the self-storage industry or you're looking to get into it, you're probably going to need some sort of property management software. Tenant Inc. has you covered with their Hummingbird platform and Mariposa. They help you achieve touchless rentals, allowing customers to pay conveniently and seamlessly. And their platform integrates and standardizes your business so that there's a consistent experience for your customers from the first click on your website to the moment they move out. Link is in the show notes. Go check them out. 
Well, this is something that I, I was having a conversation with somebody about, and they're like, it was funny because they're like, yeah, I'm in an area that has, a, a, you know, a lot of retirees and they don't like technology, so they're not going to like it. And I'm like, in the area that we first did this. Yeah, you know, it's so it's like when, when we first did it in that area, the average age was very high of retirees. People were using that a, a area to they were moving there from high cost areas to retire. And I, I tried to explain to him, I'm like, do you think that an 80 year old lady wants to walk in and use this massive padlock with her little fingers that she's got to try to get unlocked, take over, jerk that thing across, right, and open up? Or do you think she wants to press a button on her phone or even use a key fob and it just opens up to get in? Are people that liked it, some of the people that liked it, the most were the older generation? And I didn't even think about it before putting it in, but they're like, the old lock system hurt my fingers. And it was hard for me to do. So they were like, I wouldn't even come do it unless I had somebody come with me. I didn't even think of that. Absolutely. And and that is, you know, I laugh because that's 100% far and away the biggest piece of pushback I get is my older tenants, right? My, my mm-hmm. older retirees who are at my site. And to be completely honest, like, I, I think we're underestimating our elders a little bit, you know? If, so they can, if they can embarrass you on Facebook, they can probably use exactly. their... Use uh, use their phone to open up a door. And like you said, I mean, just from an experience standpoint, right? I mean, it's one click. I mean, just using Nokia as an example, it, you know, they can proximity unlock it as well. So they don't even have to click within the app, right? Yeah. I mean, not even to mention, you know, the, the ease of sharing access, right? I mean, if you're an yes. older individual, you have a grandchild, you have, you know, someone who you need to get to your facility and access your unit, just one click to share access with them. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about passing around a physical key. I mean, that happens in seconds. And again, you may do some of the older tenants maybe take a little bit of handholding in the beginning, but you take that little bit of extra time and you have a tenant for life, right? I mean, they won't imagine, you know, a another way of using the facility. Whereas, you know, people like me don't even appreciate it like them. We just expect it, right? You know, the, the younger people are going to expect it and the older tenants once you take the time to show it to them, like they love it. Love it. I mean, trying to reach the keypad outside their window or their door, trying to get out, as opposed to just being able to go in the gates and everything else. Um, we definitely found that it wasn't like we had this easy adaptation from young people, but the old people didn't like it. We didn't. We have not seen that at all. Um, and I, I've gotten a lot of feedback. Or, or not feedback, but uh, comments around that idea that um, somehow that it like technology is going to be a problem for them. And I'm like, what what in the world do they not use that is not technology driven today? Sure. I, I think that it's we're talking about working in the the customer system, not ours. And the problem is we look at it from our system. I want. I don't want to make changes to my system. Why? Because that costs me money, or that's harder for me. And then they justify it by saying the tenants. It's not their system, as in they're not used to it. They don't like it. My 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 thought process has always been though, the customers already run on another system. They are having to move over and adapt a system that they don't regularly use day to day. They don't use it for purchasing goods. They use Amazon. They use you know what I mean. Kind of just everything. 
And so, like, I think the whole idea is adapting to systems that they're already customary with and they're using on a daily basis. Uh, and I think that's just a no-brainer inherently from customers. Even if they're not saying it, it's a subconscious thing. It's just yeah. intuitive. They already do it all yeah. the time. Yeah. The the older tenant question is, I hear it all the time on the front end. And you guess what I don't hear after it's installed? Oh, my older tenants hate it. I don't think I've ever had anyone you know, reach out to me after the fact and just be like, I was right. My older tenants don't like it. You know, I, I don't think I've ever heard that once after we've we've done an install. But it's far and away the most uh, the most common common concern that I hear. You know, is the uh, is the older tenants. I I I think you're completely right on that. Um, so tell me about the latest version and what I now I want to talk about what's going on today? Like, what are you seeing today? What are you guys trying to innovate today? What are you working through today? Um, and how that's leading into tomorrow? Where does, where is this all going? And sure. how is, how are facilities and this system going to look in your guys' mind in five years? Sure. So I think there's two kind of main factors that we're really looking to push and improve on even further. One is just ease of deployment, right? And I think just using the Noki side as an example, you know, our latch base, right, which is very different than what, you know, you originally installed during your, you know, the pre-beta days, right? Yes. Um, with, with the latch, right, it's just much easier to deploy, you know, not just taking advantage of like the factory install, you know, on doors at the plant, but also just being able to easily retrofit existing facilities. Whereas with some of the older products, it could take upwards of 30 to 40 minutes to install on a door with the latch. I mean, it's five minutes or less, you know, a good crew who's cooking. I mean, they can do one in two to three minutes. One person can do it. It just is a complete game changer in terms of efficiency in installing it onto existing facilities. So part of the concern is how much am I going to upset the Apple card if I decide to integrate with, you know, smart technology, we're really we've made great strides in eliminating that concern. I think we're only going to improve on that going forward. And the other piece is that I personally see is going to be a huge factor is just the data side, right? The visibility that it offers in terms of tenant behavior, specific tenants who operate um, within your facility, which behaviors, which kind of tenants do you want to target uh, within your market? I think that's going to be a huge basis, especially as we look at integrating, you know, even further with not just the property management softwares, but data platforms, IoT devices. I think what we're really going to see is a truly smart facility from top to bottom, right? Every single touch point within the facility is going to have visibility, data metrics, KPIs that both managers and owners can take advantage of. I'd agree with that. I think that's what the market wants. It's what we want. We want to be able to take that data, consume it for operations and make it better. Um, when, talk to me about, uh, like you, you talk about the install. I want to go through that a little. The, let's say you have an existing facility. Walk me through this install process on an existing asset. Right. So first thing is, you know, we, we prepare shop drawings, right, to show you the device layout where we're going to install our, our mesh system, right? So that clarity between the installers, you know, the estimation department to the owner, right? We want to be completely transparent about 
what's going where, you know, all the needs within the facility if we need to make adjustments um, in order to install the technology. And then at that point, you know, it's, it's alerting the tenants, right? So there's a lot of uh, SOPs that we put into place to make that transition seamless, automatic text alerts, emails, signage uh, that we can deploy in the lead up to install to let people know when their site and when their specific unit is going to be converted, uh, just to be completely transparent. And for existing facilities, this is something that's a carryover from uh, just the Janus door replacement side, but we always have third-party security anytime that we're interacting with a uh, existing facility with current occupancy. So they film the whole process for peace of mind. Um, all that footage is, is kept, not just for the tenant, but the owner, our crew, you know, just to be completely transparent. Um, but again, you know, with our current product line, I mean, the unit is open for minutes versus, you know, close to an hour. So it's happening very quickly. And then at that point, you know, we're pushing, you know, the link to the app to every tenant automatically. We're cascading it. So the ones who download the app, um, you know, don't have to keep getting bugged by it. But, you know, between that and the signers that we deploy, between working with, you know, the site managers, you know, we want to make it as seamless as possible, you know, for the owner, for the manager and for the tenant in using the technology day one. Now, on a new build, is there a difference between the installation process? If so, what is it and why? So with a new build, right, A, we're not having to worry about security on site because, you know, we're not worrying about tenants' goods being, you know, in the equation. Um, the advantage of a new build really is being able to factory install a lot of you know, these systems, these devices at the plant, right? So the doors are coming to the site um, with the latch already on. At that point, it's simply activating, auditing all the latches, making every, making sure everything is good to go. Um you know, it's just a little less touch points, I would say, uh, between new construction and from the tenant side, right? You're just, you're not having to worry about educating an existing tenant base, right? Day one, the people who are coming to your facility to rent with you, they're getting exposed to the technology right off the bat. So they don't know any other way to interact with your site other than the smart way. When you're, when you're looking at the different generations, right, of Noki, so like if I'm, if I'm a consumer saying, okay, well, this generation now, what is the difference between this one and the next one? And like, why, like, why are you, what are the adaptations that you're looking for making and why? So like, why is, why would I be thinking, should I be waiting for the next one? Like, what are the major differences and why are you, what, what are you trying to achieve in the next generation? Right. So, I, you know, A, the integration side. So integrating with more and more IoT devices, more software platforms on the data side as well. From a hardware standpoint, you know, if you had asked me more than a year ago, I would say you know, there may be a little bit of a, a question there, but the latch-based platform, right, I think is going to be the core of the technology going forward, right? So, you know, look at iPhones, you know, there, there's always new, slightly different um, product updates, you know, it's a cloud-based system. So a lot of these updates are happening um, completely remotely, right, on the same hardware. Uh, but, you know, from a, from a solution standpoint, I, I do think the, the latch-based model is the most effective going forward. You know, will there be 
adjustments, upgrades? Absolutely. I mean, we're continuing to innovate. And a lot of that is a conversation between, um, you know, the owners out there telling us what their tenants want to see. But from a core standpoint, I really do think the the latch is the most easily deployable, you know, solution out there. Now, um, how does the integration with other things, like, so when you're looking at, I've noticed a lot of different types of models turning out in the self-storage, like a lot of specific things. Maybe we do like, we're talking like contractor storage, things like that. If I'm building a storage facility and maybe there's more like four different specific functions out of that asset, do like, does that matter to you? How do you guys look at that and operate it? Um, uh, Have you worked with people that are like, well, we do RV, we do traditional, but then we have uh, a lot of these um, uh, contractor storage that the utilization of the facility and unit is is different because I know I have some. No, absolutely. Uh, Boat and RV has been a big one this year. Absolutely. Um, And with Noki, uh, we do have the capacity to integrate with any sort of commercial operator out there, right? So if you have a motorized boat and RV facility, we've done quite a few of these this past year. Um, you know, boat and RV has just been exploding, honestly, just from my seat. Uh, absolutely. I mean, we can we can integrate with those devices. We can offer a really premium solution, um, you know, for boat and RV. And, and same with, you know, mixed use. I mean, we did a facility up in New York, I believe, that also has an apartment building on top of it uh, that we've you know, put Noki devices on the entrances to the apartment complex. So from a mixed use facility standpoint, whether it's commercial space, you know, regular traditional self-storage, boat and RV, we've integrated with all of them at this point. And it really does have the capacity to offer uh, smart access to all those different functions. So what are you looking at now? I, I mean, there's there's so much going on and, and I, I feel not just our industry, but in the technology side, particularly with outside people, like, I mean, over the last five years, the amount of interest in the self-storage industry from third parties, whether that's tech companies, whether that's private equity companies uh, trying to change uh, self-storage functionality and the use, they're trying different business models, right? What are you guys at Janus seeing in this landscape and, yeah, what are you guys seeing? What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, I would say the the technology portion is a big reason behind Janus going public, right? I mean, if the the powers of that be, you know, did not believe in it, you know, they they would not have invested so heavily, you know, not just in money and time, talent, resources, right? It's absolutely something that you know Janus sees not just within self storage, but you know, within the commercial space in general, right? Um, and there's there's no reason to to think that smart technology isn't going to be integrated in all different types of commercial applications beyond just self storage. Um, you know, we, like we talked about to bring it back to some of the beginning of the conversation, we've seen it happen in many other industries. I think at some point there's going to be I don't know if consolidation is the right word, but I think at some point the tips are the tip is going to scale. The scales are going to tip rather uh, to where this just becomes the default expectation um, across, you know, all different commercial aspects. Right. You know, deploying smart technology um, in these avenues, I think, is going to become the standard, not the novelty. 
with all, all this change um, coming now, not just from the software, but the hardware, what are our um, safety and regulatory concerns? From a, I mean, from a security standpoint, I mean, absolutely, you know, we want to be as fully transparent, um, you know, on the data side, right? I mean, for your owner operators out there, you have full access to your data, right? You know, we're not, we don't want to hide anything from you, you know, from who's accessing your facility at what time, same thing at the tenant level. Um, so we just want to be fully transparent in terms of who's, you know, going to be able to access um, you know, units within your facility at any given time. So I think a big part of it is transparency. Uh, but, you know, from a concern standpoint, I mean, I think the hotel industry kind of did a long way in figuring that out for us. You know, they've adopted this technology years and years ago. Uh, so I don't see it as being a huge concern, but, you know, absolutely, I think transparency is the is the way to go in terms of just easing people's mind. You know, as we move into this new world. Yeah, I um, I was having some discussions with a tenant uh, about this, and uh, I can tell you, we've had we had broke uh, break ins and we had some other things. Well, we can track the tenant. Mm-hmm. So as far as like a safety issue on our end, we actually viewed it is a lot safer. Why? Because let's say I have a unit and I can see that that person went in at 10 o'clock, he didn't leave. Then I have the motion sensors in the unit that indicated that somebody was there until the next morning. So I now can see that somebody's in there and that they're, they're staying all night. Uh, You know, they may be living in there or something else. Whereas prior to that, it's like I had to catch them. Right. Exactly. And I can see because of their phone and the IP tracking, you can't fake who it is, right? It's you can't uh, a fake. We can see where they're going, every single door they went through and accessed. Um, uh, for us, as far as uh, you know, safety went, we actually think we're a lot safer. We have much more data on the individuals utilizing the asset, how they're utilizing it, and if it's inappropriate or not. Um, We can see, all right, we had a break in at this time. We only had one entryway that went in and it was this tenant. All right. Well, did they get something stolen? Like, did they get their phone stolen? Did they share? It wasn't them. Right. Right. And then we match up the cameras with the time. So we, it's way easier for us than to look into incidents, find culprits, and keep our assets safe. Um, and I think that's really uh, an, an important selling position for our tenants. Right, not just the visibility, but the visibility at a distance, right? Because you're being able to tell, you know, if these units are being left unlocked, if someone is attempting to sleep in their unit, you know, all remotely. You're not having to put boots on the ground, put eyes on every unit to determine whether or not, you know, a, a unit is in the state that it should be. And not only from that point, it also, you know, hides your hand a little bit to potential bad players, right? I mean, if you're, if you're a burglar, you know, if you're a self-storage thief looking to break into units and you're staring down a row of smart integrated, Nokia integrated units, there is no visual indication to tell you whether that unit is occupied or not, right? And same idea if someone's trying to secret shop your site, they're not going to know your occupancy. Um, but a, a thief could 
spend all this time trying to break into a, a smart unit, you know, at that point, the alarm, you know, the, the thermal motion would pick them up that would uh, send that alert to your manager. And they may spend all that time just to break into a unit where there's nothing but empty air behind it. Right. So the, the idea of, you know, just organized thefts where 20 plus units could get hit in a night, that's just really not um, a, a reasonable expectation. I would, I would, I would think. And to be honest, a side note that we have seen, this wasn't something that we expected originally, the overall just number of security incidences at Nokia integrated facilities versus traditionally managed goes down, right? And I think a big part of that is people who otherwise would be looking to rent a unit, case the joint, or looking to you know, potentially target a facility, they're gonna take one look at the smart technology that you have deployed, and they're just gonna go down to the, to the traditionally managed site down the street. They're not All even they know, it's an alarm. Absolutely, they have, they have no idea what to expect. I mean, they're creatures of habit. They're looking for specific visual indications to let them know which site, which units to target. And with Noki smart technology in general, you don't have to tip your hand in that regard at all. You know, another thing is too, um, that when they're looking, um, at the uh, no key uh, technology, right? When uh, you do have someone that may be a potential um, burglar or safety issue at all, um, the nice thing is, is that the remote management part, meaning that if I'm remote managing or I'm trying to automate the management, the feedback loops on facilities, so this idea that you could have something that happened at your facility a week or two prior and you didn't even know, right? So it's not just the knowledge, but it's the time frame in which you can make and execute decisions and the information that's derived from it. So when, when we're looking at that seamless uh, automation system, that's a really big part because if I'm automating things, I need to understand that the units that I'm leasing the units that are up for lease, what's the condition, who's going in, what they're doing, right? And if I'm automating a facility and I do not live in the location, um, uh, you know, you you have problems like that, that costs you real money. And yes. it costs you money to send people out to try to fix them, to try to understand, uh, to do lock checks. So a digital lock check and clear information means I can rent units out faster, longer, they're more secure, and I can take a snapshot of the facility and understand what's happening, whether or not I'm there. And that's and a, and everything a that deal. you described, right, is, you know, really only requires one person, right? I mean, yeah. it's also the efficiency of resources, right, where you can push all these levels of visibility, you know, data, KPIs that we've been talking about, and it opens up a lot of possibilities in terms of virtual management. Right. We have a lot of providers out there who are really consolidating their operational resources um, using this technology. Um, it, it opens up just a lot of possibilities uh, in terms of just streamlining uh, your operational resources. You know, I've always thought that the, the, old, the unmanned uh, term that gets thrown a lot uh, around in our industry, I've always thought that was a little bit of a misnomer. I don't think we'll ever truly get to an no. unmanned model, nor should we even really no. want to, in my opinion. Um, I think you'll always need a resource at the at the end. 
it just lets your good people do more with less, less mundane activities, lets you retain those people more, let them be more actual customer service, customer focus oriented employees rather than I'm going to walk around this site in the summer heat, you know, with a loop of red locks around my arm, you know, for hours a day, right? You can eliminate that completely and have them really focus on serving your your tenants. 100%. It's a reallocation of human capital. Um, But still, somebody has to clean the unit, right? You have to prep the unit. That, That I don't know how that would go away unless we automate machines in there. It's just, there's things that that happen. Still, still need humans, but the uh, humans that we have, they're way more efficient. And uh, they're also on the management side for us. Um, we can track things better. Okay. Well, I prepped all the units at X facility in X town and they're ready to be unit or rented. And I can look and I go, no, they're not. They're not ready to be un- rented. Yep. They're not online. Right. Um, so it's a way that we can see the stats of the facility and we can make sure what's happening is really happening. And then the people that we use, you know, can be automated. I, I think that um, there's so much of this uh, is a lot of people think a, a no brainer, um, e- even people that haven't adopted it. I just think that we haven't got, as you mentioned, to the tipping point where it's like I, it's a forced uh, adoption. And I think a forced adoption comes from when all of a sudden there's disadvantages, not advantages. Right now we're in a system of advantages, but soon that tipping point comes where there is now disadvantages. Because by the time that you wait that long, usually you're way too late and you get all the disadvantages. And that's the only reason you're making the decision. You've already had the disadvantages. You don't wanna be to a point where the disadvantages are hitting you. So you have to try now to catch up and Maybe you're can't. Catching can. You're catching up rather than pulling ahead. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, awesome, man. I, I I appreciate you jumping on here, talking uh, through me with me through a lot of these things. This is so interesting on the adaptation of 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 hardware and smart uh, locks and technology that's coming into the self storage space. I don't think people understand how much this will revolutionize the storage industry, not just on the customer side, but on the acquisition sides, who's buying storage facilities, why they're buying storage facilities. And uh, um, that is going to be a big change. And it's already started. People just don't realize it. Um, And that change is happening fast. Um, so, uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on here. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, where can people get a hold of you? Ask you more questions. Where can they find out more about, uh, what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, janusinternational.com, um, front tab, front and center. There's a Noki smart entry, uh, click there. You should see the, uh, the map with all the, uh, the different, uh, regional managers, uh, who can absolutely assist you. All of our contact information is there. Uh, reach out to me if you're interested in Noki, or even if you just want to learn more about what we've been talking about. You know, I promise not to try to sell you. So. Where and where's your events? Like, um, uh, maybe you're not doing them anymore. I know I came on the West Coast when you guys had some event stuff. Really good. I, I went spoke at one. Went really, really well. Uh, where are your events? Yeah, so we're we're always at those regional SSA shows. Um, you know, ISS, SSA. Uh, we do lunch and learns all the time. So be on the lookout on, you know, Janice International social media for those. 
Uh, I think that event that you're talking about specifically, those jet events, uh, we need to talk to Christine and get those back on the schedule because I think that's that's absolutely yeah. something that we need to, to open back up. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you again for coming on. I'll put all of that in the show notes and uh, we'll, we'll have anybody that's interested reach out and um, we'll be uh, continuing to update the audience and everything as new technology comes out and what changes are happening. So thanks again. All right, everybody. It's been so great having Hayden on the podcast for this episode. We have a lot of great stuff planned. So if you're not yet subscribed to this podcast, I would highly recommend it. And as you guys may have heard in the last couple of episodes, AJ is giving away his audiobook. His book, Growing Wealth and Self-Storage, is a bestseller. It's literally the playbook to investing in self-storage. There's a new audiobook version of it. And to celebrate its launch, we're giving it out for free. All you have to do is... Leave us a honest review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. We've been seeing a lot of great reviews come in on our Apple podcast platform. Just take a screenshot of the review that you submitted, upload it to the link in the show notes, and we will send you a copy of AJ's audiobook. And speaking of reviews, let's go ahead and read some of the ones that you guys have been submitting. Roger says, Hi, AJ, Connor, and production team. Thank you all for what you do and all that you've shared over the years. You've poured your heart and soul out there for all to judge and hear. Thank you so much for the thoughtful gift you've given to us, your listeners. Rounder829 says, This podcast is for any investor who's in or is interested in getting into self-storage. AJ holds nothing back and opens up his playbook or what he looks for in deals, how he finds them, financing them, and managing the facility from day one. AJ and this podcast and his book have really helped me on my journey for my first self-storage facility. Guys, that is absolutely great to hear. That is our mission here at Self Storage Income is to be able to put this information out there and for others to benefit and learn from it. Not only just learning new information, but actually applying it and how to be a part of the industry, not just to sit on the sidelines and watch, but to actively participate and grow your wealth and income from self-storage. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We will catch you in the next episode.